hello everyone i always have some intro in my head and i actually never do it i don't know why um anyway so my name is stefan welcome to the conversation as you can tell from the topic that's floating above tonight's just not tonight i just my allergies has been like killing me the entire week every day i wake up and i'm just like okay what can I not do? Can I not breathe today? Can I not see today? Am I going to be blowing my nose all day? Am I going to rub my eyes once? And then I'm going to be rubbing my eyes all day and then they get swole. So it's been a week. Thank you, pollen in Florida. Anyways, so as you saw what the title of the show was, it's called Feminism, not just for women, it's for men too, right? So we're doing topics like this because um, it's Women's History Month. As most of you all know, or at least should know, or at least believe that you may know. Um, so we have feminism. Next week, we have single mothers. The week after that, um, I believe it's um, it's something. I don't know. I can't, I, I can't get it off the top of my head. Last week, we talked about what Women's History Month was all in general. Um, and then today, we're going to focus on another issue. But we have some um, stories afterwards um, in our Girls Spill the Tea segment. Not the happiest news, but we'll go over it. Anyways, like I said, my, my head's jumbled right now. I got, not only do I have like allergies, I have podcasting stuff going through my head. I have personal things I'm going through inside my head. So it's, I'm like bamboozled right now. Anyways, so. Um, if you are in the audience and you want to come up on stage and voice your opinion, you're more than welcome to. That's why the show's called The Conversation. Um, someone had asked me, I, I had told someone I did a podcast, and they were like, well, what's your podcast about? And I'm like, um, it's, it's about having conversations. And they're like, that's it? And I was like, yeah, that's, that's, that's all I can truly tell you right now. Until, yeah, until, for, anyways, let's move on. So feminism, in hindsight, is really about um, equality, right? Um, and it's been evolved from the olden days into now. First, it was more of like a woman's issue, more of um, feminism. If you told someone, if you said, hey, are you a feminist? Or um, people would look at you like, mm. now you have some people who are like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm a feminist. But then you have some who are like, mm, I don't know if I just say yes to it because in a sense, you didn't really know what the word meant. I personally didn't really know. I like, people would be like, oh, well, you're a feminist. And I'm like, am I? And then I would have to like look on my phone and be like, Siri, look up feminist real quick. And then Siri would be like, feminist. And I'm like, stop saying it loudly. Like, I want to whisper. Anyways, um, so feminism is a belief of um, equality for people of all genders, right? Um, a set of values aimed at dismantling gender, any inequality um, and the structures that uphold it. So we're talking about equal pay. We're talking about gender-based health care um, inaccessibility. We're talking about rigid social expectations or gender-based violence, which still impacts many people um, everywhere to this day. So in recent decades, um, the movement has, become, has begun to a more um, proactivity level including the uplift of voices of people who have typically been left out of past 
uh, mainstream feminist movement. That includes women of color as well as gender diverse people. Um, they go on to statements saying that our gender, our race, disability, class, sexuality, and more, um, all of these pieces of ourselves generate different lived experiences and also help us understand that no one of us is just one thing. Um, the inclusion version is a more, power is a more powerful, um, integral part of feminism. So it's more like there, you don't just wake up and you're like, okay, I'm only going to fight for one single issue, right? Because it's, it's, it's hard to do, especially in this, in this country, in this day, you're fighting for so many issues that you're, you probably don't even have all the issues down. You're like, all right, well, I'm fighting for A, B, and C. And then D comes along, you're like, whoa, I, I need to fight for that too. And then you, you, so you have so many issues that you fight for every day that you don't just wake up with one purpose, right? It's not like, I'm not just fighting for equal pay, right? I'm fighting for police, for police brutality, right? I'm fighting for father's rights. I'm not a father. I'm just saying like certain issues, right? So you wake up and you have these different issues and those are the issues that you pay attention to. And when elections come along, right, you start looking at which politician is lining up with that ideology as you. Um, I was talking to a coworker yesterday um, and we were talking about the Green Goblin. <laughs> he actually did not know that that was her nickname that I gave her, but he laughed at it. So, and we were talking about how people's ideology, like you could have, and this is something that we do because we're, because we're human. Like you could have pretty person, like a really amazing, good looking, attractive person. But the one thing that makes them unattractive is their ideology. So they could be I forgot what her name is, something Bohart or Bohart, whatever. Um, she's a pretty good looking lady, um, but her ideology makes her ugly, if that, make, if that makes sense, right? So you could be an attractive person, but your ideology makes you an ugly person, in a sense. Um, I forgot where we were going with that, but just, there you go. Just because someone's attractive, their ideology can make them unattractive. Boom, I hit it. Um, so Dante said in a, the personal is political in feminism, which is a way of understanding that our personal experiences are shaped by political realities that may be situated far from us or close to. Um, our very own, she said, can inform or lead to political situations. Modern feminism co-op the idea of black and queer feminist theories, activists said, um, and that understands how the issues of gender, race, and, se and sexuality are all connected. So feminism is more taking on, it's not just women now, right? It's, it's in a sense absorbing even more of these common, common denominator issues. So you have black women in there, you have black men in there, you have, um, you have sexuality that's in there. So it's absorbing all these. And then so it's like, okay, well, are you? So now when people are like, well, are you a feminist? And you're like, okay, well, yes, because they're, it's fighting for all these smaller minority issues in a sense. So uplifting the most um, marginalized groups of society will lead to wins for the overall advancement in gender equality and worldwide. Um, Arthur, or author, um, Andrew Lloyd, I'm probably saying that incorrectly. Um, Please don't get mad at me. I'm terrible with names. 
um, tells us that we don't live single issue lives. Remember, this is what I just said. I mean that we don't just have the luxury just to say, I'm only going to fight for one issue because that's actually not possible. Um, the, um, her name is Paris, founder of the activist group for Black Feminist Future. So how far has feminists from when it started to today? Uh, mainstream feminism has always has not always been inclusive. For example, the suffrage movement and the teaching of it focuses on white women and their rights to vote. Um, so the National Organization for Women's President Christian Nunn's told ABC News um, that black suffrage or sur surrogates um, who helped win the passage of the 19th Amendment were erased by the white surrogate movement and in the history of the book in history books as well. Um, so to clarify that. Even though it was a white woman thing, black women also fought for it, but yet the black women were kind of were erased from it. So when you read about it, it's like, oh, white woman, white woman, white woman. When in theory, it was white woman and black. So after the amendment passage, um, black women continued to face barriers of voting, even though there are women of color who were very instrumental in these movements and shifting it and making sure that these rights were won. Um, they just were not talked about. Um, they were not mentioned. They were unsung heroes, which we have a lot of that. Like we have a lot of unsung heroes in the black community. Um, and when you go into like history books, if the jackass has his way, we won't be fucking finding out about the shit at all. Um, but if you read your history books, you un like, there's a lot of white issues, I would say that they fought for, but then you had a lot of black support around it. But then you don't hear about the support that we did. You hear about it later, like when they're all dead, gone, 50, 100 years now. Um, or like I said in the history books, which we won't have history books if you leave it up to the jackass. Anyway, so she continued, the fourth wave release focuses on how do we be inclusive, right? How do we have allies? How do we really focus on the true equality for all women? Because we know our waves, our other waves, of feminism um, have left out for women. And becoming more inclusive feminists around the world have um, been able to make major studies or strides in calling attention to addressing um, issues affecting women and girls across the globe. Um, that goes from making sure that um, women have, or girls um, have the proper healthcare, right? Uh, making sure that they see the doctor, making sure that they have equal access to birth control, um, making sure that they have, you know, the supplies that they may need. That's something that we've been seeing around the country that for some reason we're not allowing, which I don't know why. You know, we say, and this is probably one of the tangents, we say that we live in one of the best countries in the fucking world, which we do. But recently you start thinking and you're like, what, like, what the hell has been going on? Like, why, like, why are we caring so much about issues that shouldn't matter, right? We have Tennessee over here. Not only are they passing trans, anti-trans laws, but now, and one of the stories I'll get into, actually the one I just said, and then the next one is that now, not funny, it's stupid. Um, if you are trying to get married, so let's say that a black, black man and a white woman want to get married, right? And they go to a clergy, I believe that's what they're called, and the clergy doesn't agree with their marriage, he doesn't have to do it. How stupid is that? Like, why, why do we care so much about everybody's lives when 
it doesn't affect you whatsoever. But you guys know I go on my tangents a lot. Anyways, in the U.S., the Women's March and the Racial Reckoning of 2020 are two movements in which feminists played a major role in. Um, we're seeing women represented in so many different places, um, hold so many different levels of power um, that we haven't seen before, as we have Kamala Harris, who is the second most powerful person in the United States um, as vice president. And then you have the Supreme Court um, Justice, um, Katanji, Katanji Brown-Jackson, which we did a show on her, um, being the first black female in the Supreme Court. Like, that was, that was a huge win for us. You have all the white women, but now you got a black woman on there. So you might be getting some chicken and cornbread for think. No, I'm joking. Anyway, <laughs> um, how much further does feminism need um, have to go. In recent years, through the U.S. has faced the waves of laws restricting reproductive health care, transgender health care, certain um, curriculum and health and education like health, um, laws restricting voting rights and more. Um, I don't understand. Like when I was in high school, we learned we in health. Right. You learn about you learned about the human body, the males, the females. And now you have so many states that are trying to take that away. Like, I thought health was part of the basic education. Like, you learn about your body, you know, especially when you're in high school, middle school, you learn how your body's about to change. But now they're taking that away because they're like, oh, well, it deals with woke or, our stu you know, we should give parents more rights in schools um, about what their children learn. And you're like, what? Like, how does this, a child's education shouldn't be restricted from what a parent feels comfortable with. That defeats the purpose of them going to school. You go to school to learn everything that you possibly can. If you let a parent who is very conservative, right, um, they're going to have a lot to say over what their child learns. Maybe they don't want their child to learn about slavery, right? Uh, maybe they don't want their child to learn about um, civil rights or whatever the case may be. But you're trying to give these, you're trying to give parents, as you say, more involvement in the school. But then those parents are choosing that their child will not be educated the proper way that that child should be educated, right? Um, I remember back when I was in school, the only thing our parents had to say in is if we were going on a field trip or not, right? Is Stefan allowed to go to the, on this field trip? Yes? Perfect. Sign a permission slip. That's it. That, that, that's it. But now we, oh, well, we want the parents' opinion and blah, 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 and Timmy doesn't feel comfortable blah, 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 like who cares, Okay. Timmy needs to learn this, 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 and this. Whatever. You guys know I go on another rant about education. Moving on. There have been setbacks among feminist activists who have urged that these laws create a, create a disaster of a world, in a sense. So Hatcher believes that these laws support a world where white men are in control, where the history that's told is upholding the history and the legacies of white men, and also where white men are able to control who, who was elected and who is not, right? So you have pretty much the white man dictating everything of what goes on. Um, feminists say, um, say social media and technology will allow feminist movement across the globe to continue to connect, grow, and spread their message. Um, the creator of a youth-led feminist empower group um, called Zen Z Her um, got her start in a feminism feminism on social media. She used the tool to be in conversations with and to learn from other feminists. In middle school in 2017, in 2017, when the Me Too movement had begun, 
That's what we're doing yet next week is the Me Too movement, not single mothers. That's the week after that. Uh, was coming out on social media. She said, I joined, I just joined Instagram, she told ABC. I was about to say she told Instagram, but she told Instagram. Oh, boy. Uh, she goes on to say, when I think of feminism, I think it's a, it, I think it's a woman being able to share their voice. Um, which we're seeing with the women speaking out in Iran in the past few months. Um, referring to women protecting the Iran government over the suspicious death of a leader of theirs, um, a woman who was arrested by the country's majority morality police um, for not wearing a headscarf as it is required by Iranian law and who died three days later in the hospital. Social media is a big part of the moving fascist movement of moving forward. So. That is where we are with feminists, right? So I don't know if whoever is in the audience, you're more than welcome to hop on stage and share with me what you believe or when you think of the word feminism, what does that mean to you, right? So when you hear it, what does it mean to you? Does it, does it, is it like a positive feeling? You're like, oh, I feel empowered. Is something where you're like, ah, I don't know about that. It like, Share your opinion, and let's talk about it. Anyways, moving on. So, let's move on to my favorite topic of the world, okay? Let's, let's get into it, because I, I got some stuff I need to say. Girl, spill the tea. Spill the what? Spill the tea. Like, tell me what's going on. I don't understand what you're asking me. You know what? Forget about it. Okay, so... The jackass, you guys know how much I love talking about the jackass. Like, I can, like, write a book about the jackass. No, I won't say a book. I will write a short story. That's how good this is. So, so the jackass um, has been hearing how much I've been talking about him, right? Like, he's like, man, that's Stefan, mm, that son of a bitch. And he's heard all the other TikTokers and all other creators talk shit about him. So. The jackass has decided to make a law in which it would require people to register as bloggers and they would have to register if they're talking about him. Can you believe that? Like, so a proposed law that would require people blogging about the jackass to register with the state is a clear violation of the First Amendment. So the jackass came out and was like, if you're blogging about me, you need to write a shirt in Tallahassee. And people blew up like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, so I'm telling you, this is how you get in the news by saying stupid stuff like this. So if passed, um, SB 1316 require all bloggers um, writing about writing or blogging or doing what I do, um, Al DeSantis to register with the state. Um, two organizations told the inside a proposed legislation is a clear violation of the First Amendment. Um, this bill is an un-American to its core, a representative from the ACLU Florida chapter said. So Florida lawmakers have introduced a bill that require bloggers who write, primarily write about him. Um, but I guess I would be included like, if I include the transcripts as well. Um, require the bloggers who write about DeSantis um, to register with the state or be fined, right? 
So organizations like the ACLU tell insiders that the proposed law violates the right of free speech. A representative for the American Civil Liberty Union, Florida chapter, told um, it's, un, it's just un-American. So this is a clear violation of the First Amendment because it strongly discourages bloggers from speaking on politics, um, one of the most crucial types of speech for maintaining a democracy. The ACLU representative added that the First Amendment protects our right to learn, read free from um, viewpoint-based censorship, right? So the U.S. Constitution demands that we transcend um, such political agendas and instead promote the value of freedom and expression. The spokesman for the Foundation for an Individual Rights and Expression, um, a nonprofit civil liberties group, also told Insider that the First Amendment. It's difficult to imagine a legislature proposal more fundamentally at odds with the nation's founding spirit that requiring citizens and journalists to, um, to register their publications with the government under, plain, under pain of fines is unconstitutional. So anyone who, who's, who's me on it? So we got Jill, Anthony, Monica, um, and Darcy. So anyone who blogs or writes here in the state of Florida about the jackass would have to register or be fined. Like, I could imagine getting several fines because <laughs> I'm not going to register. Like, you can't take away someone's First Amendment right to talk shit about you, to jackass. Like, that's like, why? No, that's not how this works. Um, so he introduced it on the 20, actually, it was some other lawmaker. I guess, I guess one of his little lap dogs um, was like, oh, I don't, I don't like you guys talking about my boss. Whatever. Get over it. So anyways, if passed the laws, the law would also mandate that these bloggers submit monthly reports of their work outlining how much payment they received and who paid them. Um, when asked about the bill, um, he to uh, told the website Florida Politics he thinks paid bloggers are lobbyists who write instead of talk. Okay, so it's more of a blogger thing, but either way, like, I feel like this could definitely be expanded into anyone who does like podcasts as well. Um, it's unclear if the jackass personally supports the uh, proposed bill in a message to Insider on Friday. A spokesman for the jackass said the governor's communication office is reviewing the bill. As unusual, the governor, the governor will consider the metrics of the bill in final form if and when it passes the legislature. Um, the representative for the jackass did not immediately respond to insider's request for comment for the two, um, for the bill, or to even rebuke it, um, which is called SB 1316. Man, you must, I mean, the jackass must have a lot of people talking major shit about him. Like, I, I find it phenomenal. I, I think this is. In my personal opinion, I think that this is a win for us. Like, this is a personal win for us because that shows how much power we truly have. Whether you're writing or you're blogging or you're doing what I'm doing, this just shows how much power we truly have. And the jackass is threatened by it. We've seen numerous of times if someone threatens his power, he tries to go after them. He may not have put this bill up personally, but he could have easily text this legislator person and be like, hey, I need you to introduce something like this, right? 
So it's not coming from the horse's mouth. It's coming from the horse's ass. And then now we're just like, oh, but I don't think this bill's actually going to go anywhere. Cause like it said, you can't, it's part of the first amendment. You can't ask someone to do that. And then ask who who's paying you for what? So you can go after them. Like you did Disney and try and do something to their company. Fuck off. Anyways, moving on to our next topic. As you guys know, our trans community is being attacked from every single Republican angle that you can possibly imagine. I've said this in plenty of shows before. The Republican Party goes after communities that don't have a very good, strong defense, right? You, and that's been their platform for a while. They go after the weakest link. Um, and the trans community is on their list of things that they are, they are attacking. Like, you know, when abortions was overturned, they went after that like hotcakes. And then now they just have something, someone else on their list. So Tennessee bans gender-affirming care for transgender youth. Another, another, I think we probably talked about this before, but um, was it? No, no, no. It was Mississippi that we had talked about. Tennessee is now the second state that we're talking about as well. So taking away the freedoms of families and transgender youth to seek critical health care, Tennessee Governor um, Bill Lee um, signed into law today to ban on all forms of gender-affirming care for transgender people under the age of 18, putting the government in charge of making vital decisions traditionally reserved to parents in, ten in Tennessee. Um, the law takes effect July 1st of 2023. Under this law, the trans youth already receiving gender-affirming health care as of July 1st, 2021, will be forced to lose access to such care after March 31st, 2024 in Tennessee. Youth not receiving medical care by July 1st will be unable to begin. So in theory, in hindsight, if you haven't begun your, your transition of the care, you should probably start that now um, because as of July 1st, you won't be able to. Um, and then you only, if you already started that care um, after March 31st of 2024, it ceases to exist as well. So the American Civil Unions, the ACLU of Tennessee, um, and the legals issued the following response. They said this. <laughs> let me let me put on my government voice. We will not allow the dangerous law to stand. Certain politicians and the governor um, have made no secret of their intent to, to discriminate against youth who are transgender or their willful ignorance by the life-saving health care that they seek to ban. Instead, They've been chosen fear-mongering, misrepresentation, intimidation, and extremist politics over the right of families and the lives of transgender youth in Tennessee. Um, we are dedicated to overturning this unconstitutional law and are confident the state will find itself completely incapable of defending itself in court. We want transgender youth to know that they are not alone and the fight is not over. Um, all three organizations have promised legal actions against SB1, a similar restriction in Alabama and Arkansas um, have been enjoined by federal courts. Tennessee is the fourth state in this legislation session to ban gender-affirming care for people under the age of 18. Following bans signed into law into Utah, South Dakota, and Mississippi. Any person at risk of being affected by these restrictions or care should reach out to the website. So, we're... Man, Utah, South Dakota, and Mississippi, not the states that you'll want to move to. So 
And if that was not um, was not enough for you to not want to move to Tennessee, let's talk about marriage equality. Everybody wants to get married. I don't understand why people care who you get married to. No, honestly, I don't. I don't understand if you want to get married to a man or a woman or transgender or white, black, white, black, or black, white, or Middle Eastern, black. It, do, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter at the end of the day. You're getting married. You love that person. But as you know, you have people who are just, they, they want, they, they say it's for the American lives, but really they're trying to destroy the American lives. They're trying to destroy the freedom that we yet and learn to have, right? We want these freedoms to be able to marry, but why do we have politicians who are trying to reverse time? Listen to this. Um, Tennessee House of Representatives have passed a bill that will allow people to refuse to perform marriages if they disagree with it. According to the bill, which passed Monday night, a person shall not be required to sodomize a marriage if the person has an objection to sodomizing a relationship based on the person's um, cons conscious or religious beliefs. The bill, which now moves to the state floor in the latest of the on-site of measures that Tennessee legislature have passed um, attacking the um, LGBTQ rights, this bill could also apply to couples where at least one partner is transgender or to mixed-race couples. So someone posted on Twitter, um, Alice Chapman said, Tennessee House passed a bill not requiring anyone to sodomize a or semiticize or I'm probably saying the word incorrectly anyways, but to, uh, you know, consecrate a marriage um, if they do disagree with it. This allows people to refuse to marry queer couples, trans couples or interracial couples. The law already says that religious leaders do not have to affiliate weddings that they object to. Critics say that the new bill goes beyond that and would empower county courts to refuse to certify marriage licenses, meaning that LGBTQ, interfaith, interracial couples could be unable to get married at all, rather than just needing to find a new um, person to do the ceremony. So even if you're like, well, fuck it, let's do it the cheap way and not have a wedding and go to a courthouse, that person could be like, mm, oh, white and black? No. So now you have to wait for that person to go on their 30-minute lunch break and hope the next person who takes their place doesn't disagree either or find out their off days and hopefully they don't disagree. Who knows, right? But why? My, my, my main question is why? Why are we passing laws like this to not to... If you disagree with it, I don't give a rat's ass if you don't agree with who I'm getting married to, whether they're white, black, mixed, whatever. It's, you're not fucking getting married. You are not getting married to the person who I brought here. So why, why do you disagree? I feel like someone's going to get stabbed in the throat. I don't want to say that. I know it's probably harsh. You're probably like, Stefan, don't put vibes like that. But one of these clerks, I, sh I shit you not, one of these clerks will probably get punched in the face. It will happen. It, look, people have always said that love is a very powerful thing. Oh, it's powerful. It's powerful. It's powerful enough to punch someone in the face. Anyways, moving on. So, marriage equality is technically a law of the land, thanks to the Respect for Marriage 
right, that President Biden just signed in December. But Tennessee's bill exploits a major loophole in the law. Critics have long warned that the Respect for Marriage Act did not go far enough. Um, the bill had been amended during the debate process to say that religious organizations do not have to marry same-sex couples, and the law also does not require states to actually issue same-sex marriage license. The latest bill was passed along another measure that would require drag artists to obtain a permit from the government in order to perform. Um, both come just days after the governor signed two new laws, one banning drag performances in public and another banning gender-affirming care. Um, we actually were about, we were going to have here in Florida, um, there's a performing theater called Dr. Phillips Performing Theater. It's where usually a lot of musicals. There was a drag show that was supposed to be there a couple weeks ago, but they had to cancel it because of Florida's stupid laws and the theater didn't know like if it could house it because their theater is a family friendly, like, like that's their slogan, family friendly. So everyone is allowed to come. Right. And so they had to, the reason why they canceled it or in theory postponed it because they were trying to get clarification from the state on, okay, well, if people bring their children, like, can we have the show or not? Um, there was a TikToker. Um, I forgot what his name is. I think I saved to my favorites, um, said, if, if you're so concerned about your children watching a drag show, don't bring them to one, right? Um, I remember months ago, like last year, there was, um, we, I was downtown. Well, not really downtown. It's called International Drive, and there's like Dave & Buster's. Or like, it's, it's really fancy. Well, it's really nice. It's like a downtown second to it. Um, and there was a drag show at one of the restaurants, and you had these protesters. Now, mind you, these protesters, I think they were confused on what they were protesting about because they had, like, a Nazi symbol on their flags, and we were confused. Like, we were like, what, what, what's going on here? Anyways, so not only did they confuse us, but they were like, oh, well, you know, we're, and I was like, what are you guys protesting about? They're like, well, um, the, you know, the kids are being exposed to drag in that restaurant. I was like, okay. Their parents are taking them into the show. You do understand that, right? Like, it's not, it's not like the kids are just wandering in there. And so, like, people protest that. I understand your First Amendment's right to be able to protest, blah, blah, blah. But honestly, let's start thinking more clearly, like, okay, your parents are taking their children to these drag shows, okay? If you don't want your child to be around it, don't bring them around it. Boom, bam, drop the mic. It's not that hard. It's not that complicated. Anyways, the human rights campaign slammed Tennessee's ongoing obsession with the anti-LGBTQ legislation. Instead of focusing on issues that Tennessee actually cares about, um, racial politicians are wasting their time and using their power to target the LGBTQ community, um, said the HRC legal director. These bills are not about protecting children. They're not about religious freedom. They're about you trying to sentiment power that you um, they are stripping away the basic human rights um, that LGBTQ plus people have fought for over decades and labeling us as dangerous. Supporters of the Tennessee bill and dozens of similar ones moving through their state legislature across the country to so their main goal is protecting children. Um, how are you protecting children? I don't, I don't get it. So I, I, I clearly don't. So we're at 742.
which means that we are only got, well, what? Sorry, it said, it said, thought it said 7.42. It's 7.42. We got like five minutes left of the show. As you guys know that Women's History Month, a theme of this month is supporting women of media. So that means bloggers, writers, news reporters, podcasters. So if you know anyone, which I know several, um, give them some shout outs. So we have Monica, we have Jill, we have Laurel, um, we have Stephanie. Someone, I, her name's slipping away, but all the women here on, on um, Fireside, shouts out to you. You did it. Get it, girl. Pound it. Yeah, fist pump. I'm doing a fist pump, okay? Boom. Blow it up. Anyways, um, so next week we're talking about um, Me Too movement. So if you are knowledgeable of the Me Too movement, this is the show for you. You should be here and talk about the Me Too movement. Um, before you go, um, off of Fireside, we have I'm Writer, which is next at the top of the hour at 8 o'clock. You have Monica's show, which airs on Tuesdays, usually like 7, 7, 8, 9, 6, one of those. I just know I tone in for it or I tune in for it. Anyways, that's all I got for you. That's literally all I got. So hopefully my allergies don't kill me next week and then we'll have a better show. Anyways, this is Stefan on conversation. I forgot what show we were doing. Oh, I need to go to bed. Anyways, I love you all. Be safe out there. Wait box, come back on up. And yeah, let's let's take it away. Hi, Ben. Bye, Ben. Show's over. <laughs>